0: Hey guys, uh, welcome back to another episode of the elite physique university. Uh, this is episode 76 and today we're kind of turning tables. We're going all in on coaching, um, how to start coaching, go full-time with coaching. Um, so all of us kind of decided that we were going to chat about that today. So, uh, before we get into that though, um, how's your guys' week? I know you guys got some new products and exciting things to talk about. So John, what are you dropping this week?
1: Well, it it seems like we're dropping a bunch of stuff. You know, we were talking before the podcast started, it seems like we're dropping a bunch of stuff and we do, we have a bunch of products. They're not super sexy pre-workout products. You know, we dropped the bulletproof and that's been a bestseller, but you know, we keep adding, you know, little things that are important for my clients that I just see the need for, you know, things like this one here, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see it's, it's a premium prostate support. And is it going to be a bestseller? Probably not, but For guys 40 and over, especially if you're on HRT or you're assisted or your labs come back and PSA is off, you know, that stuff's important as you get older. So I've got clients that I constantly have to send to get it, you know, when I was looking at their labs or they just need it or I'm taking it. Um, so we're adding things like that. We've got a premium vitamin C that's going to be coming out here in the future. It's a, not a pill, but it's a power product. So just little things like that. Our premium line is kind of the the health stuff that we carry. And of course, to go along with, you know, the new ethics stuff that we carry. So nothing, you know, mind blowing like a new protein flavor or anything. But yeah, that's new. But other than that, as far as business, I spent today about three hours doing zoom calls with our sponsored fat muscle coaches since this is a business podcast. I figure I'd talk about that. And, you know, we're six months into the year as we're recording this, you know, we've, we've turned the, turn the corner we're going to finish the last six months. So I wanted to go over their numbers and how everything's looking. And we've got some really big plans with fat muscle as far as education coming up and a new podcast launching over there and we're getting ready to start our digital marketing efforts since we've kind of grown organically about as much as we can. And, it's all the fun stuff. Jason, I know you've got to experience all of that, you know, years ago with New Ethics, so you kind of know where we're at over here, but just uh, business, business as usual over here, but communicating with my coaches, it it was just fun. You know, I I don't get to see and do that a lot, so thank God for Zoom, but um, yeah, business is good. What about you, Jason? Uh, You know, um,
2: I guess I really can't complain about too much. Um, It's been kind of a kind of a, you know, good week in terms of business. Um, I did put my, uh, courses back out, you know, to be bought. And so if you're interested in that, you can email me, Jason at ScoobyPrep.com. Um, I've got six courses. You can buy all six for 500 or each one at a hundred. So I thought I'd run that back out. Um, good amount of coaches already taking me up on it. I'll let it roll for a week. Um, other than that, uh, I'm getting ready to go to Naples uh, tomorrow for three days. So that'll be fun. Uh, see my buddy, Billy. I haven't seen him in about a year. Um, yeah, we got a few products coming down the line in New Ethics, but I'm going to wait to discuss it until we actually drop it. So you all will just have to just wait. To Leave them with
1: a
0: cliffhanger.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> hey, that, that's a hell of a deal on those classes. I know we'll have a link to that in the show notes so mm-hmm. that's something. A hundred dollars a class. I mean, you know, when you're doing those live and you're you're interacting with people, Jason. I believe the price was like five hundred a class or something. Some of those that.
2: were five hundred. Some of them were three. Some of them were two. It depended on like the length of time. Like the first hormones one was in depth and that was five hundred because it was a three hour course. Yeah.
0: Yep, yeah. I can attest to those two because I've taken the hormone one and I've taken a couple other ones. I think, um, but they're they're very good. So if you guys are listening. And curious about it, definitely do it. So highly recommend. I
2: will, I will tell you guys though. Uh, I think I can announce this. This is kind of new. Um, I am going to create an app, and I'm going to load my introduction to functional medicine uh, nutrition course into the app. And it'll have all the videos, all the labs, all the PowerPoint, and you just pay you know, a flat fee for, it. I don't know what that's going to be yet. And you can study at your own pace and you always have access to the videos. So it'll be app you can download in the play store.
1: That's awesome. Um, That's super awesome. And and that just reminded me of one other thing. And I don't want to spend a lot of time. We keep plugging our stuff, but Jason, I've got to throw a plug out to advanced vitality because I've had uh, four people last week alone uh, Megan has taken such good care your NP over there. She's taken, and Olivia, they've taken such good care of my clients completely in a timely fashion and turnaround, helping people that just haven't been able to get helped anywhere else. And I know that link is in our bio and I want to bring that up because, I mean, at some point, people just need the help. And that's been, dude, that's been a game changer. I've got two or three docs in the surrounding States that I can send people to, but this has been a game changer. So I just want to give you some direct feedback Great. here, Megan. And then I don't know if they listen to the show, but uh, she awesome. does
2: listen to, to the pods. So she yeah. might hear this.
1: Megan, Megan's awesome. So thanks Megan. If you're listening.
2: Awesome. Well, I appreciate that, John, you know, you that's do. what, so we're trying to do. Um, you know, there's always growing pains. You know, sometimes pharmacies don't send stuff on time or they forget to put something in the box. And it's really not our fault, but it's a fire we got to put out. So, we're working on our processes, but um, I, uh, I'm, I'm very pleased with the direction of the yeah, company.
1: So, are my folks, thank you. So, Kayla, what about you? The most important person, you've got big stuff happening in one week.
0: We leave. We're one week out from the wedding. So um, that's my biggest thing now because I'm just in a very long off season, as everybody knows. So I just have a wedding to look forward to. So I get to go on vacation next week. So I'm really excited about that. Um, We're getting married in Malibu. uh, So it's going to be really nice. And then we're going to go do like a PCH tour. So we're going to go down to San Diego and then finish in San Francisco um, and come back home after that. So Gonna just do a bunch of fun stuff. Like, Micah is a powerlifter, so he likes to train too. So we're gonna go find some like cool gyms and stuff, and have some food. Like, not go crazy by any means, but you know, just have a week off, which will be really nice too. So,
1: definitely. Well, yeah. then, you know, as you're having fun in Malibu, and I'm definitely gonna pick your brain about where to stay because that's on my that's on my list of places I want to go is check out is L.A. and Malibu. But as you're you guys are having fun, I guess Jason and I will be back to our our, our old antics and we'll probably have a Q&A because Jason we have non-stop questions people ask us non-stop so I've got always got stuff in the hopper so you guys can probably stay tuned for a part one or part two depending on how many questions we get with a Q&A um, so that'll be fun I'll get to host it again for the day but you've got us all lined up Kayla we've got a hell of a topic here this is fun it'll be something a little bit different than physique enhancement so what are we talking about?
0: Yeah, so today we're going to kind of, like I said, turn the tables and talk about the business side of like, because I know we ha- we do have a lot of coaches that listen to this and stuff. So we wanted to make sure that we covered that and like how some coaches can get to where like you guys are, you know, I'm in the process. So I can't say that I'm there yet by any means. Um, but you guys have been doing this for a long time. Um, and just give some insight into like how that goes and like how to get to that point of going like full time with coaching and being very successful at it too. Because I think that there's a lot nowadays where there's all this like 10 K in one month, like, you know, being brought up and people are just like money hungry almost. They almost forget about like why just they started coaching in the first place. I feel like, so um, I think the first thing to go over would just be like, how long has each of us been coaching for? And like, how did we get into it? Like, I feel like it's not just like a, I'm going to coach full time and then you just drop everything and go right. Like it's, I think all of us kind of had that same rolling into it, but I just wanted to see. So I guess who's been coaching longer, Jason?
2: Yeah, a little bit.
0: Yeah. Yeah. A little bit. Okay. So how long for sure, have you guys been coaching for?
2: So I think, I probably had my first athlete in 2008. So what is that? 14 years. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: I would really say though, you know, I had the LLC going and was seeing people on a steady basis on Sunday at my house, taking skin folds uh, probably around 2009. And I did that till probably till we moved, which was around 2013. I was pretty much seeing anyone who was local. I let them come to the house and I had a lot of local clients And um, that kind of helped though, because I had before and afters, I had things I could post on message boards and it showed that people trusted me. So uh, I started that way. Take my whole Sundays would be packed. I'd have 10 people every hour back to back. And uh, it was pretty grueling. And um, I did that for about five years while I was still trying to grow the online business and while I also had a full-time lawyer job. That's a, that's a bit of the start. There's more of the story, but I can yeah. stay, stay there and yeah. see what John has to do. And, and we'll go next.
1: Yeah. So I, um, I consider, so here's the thing. When you say coaching, when I think of you coaching Jason, I'm thinking of online, right? Because I, it was a little different. I did start in 2007 with clients in a gym one-on-one. So that to me is is different than being a, an, an online coach, right? I was working at the park board. I had a handful of clients, you know, maybe five, six, seven, eight clients in the evenings. And the next thing you know, as I'm managing some anytime fitnesses and I'm training people in the evenings still. So I didn't really start actually online coaching until you know, I, I guess I could count Leslie, but not really like actually with a handful of clients that I'm doing just their coaching online is about 2010. So it seems like I'm usually about a year past Jason on a lot of stuff. And I think with the coaching, that's, that's, that's about right online coaching, because I learned a lot from 2008, 2009, working with other coaches. And then, you know, I finally got to the point in 2010 where I was able to just, it's funny because it was actually yesterday in 2010 that I decided I was going to do this full time. So it was actually we're recording this on like the 13th. It was July 12th of 2010. I'm a numbers guy. I can always remember numbers. I was sitting, I was on a date with a girl and we were at a hotel where I'm not going to go into the rest of the detail on that, but I was there, I was at Starbucks a hotel and I was checking in on my four clients doing the Missouri state. And I know because it popped up on my Facebook memories. And I remember sitting there thinking, I can do this with my laptop and be anywhere I fucking want. And it was on from there. So it was really like July 12th, 2010, even though I'd had some one-on-one clients. So that, that's kind of where it picks up for me.
0: That's awesome. That's really cool. I like how like both of you guys said, like you didn't actually start like online coaching until a certain point. There was always that li- leading up to it. And that was the in-person aspect. And I think- that's what nowadays people who want to online coach don't understand is that like having that in-person aspect is so important for like communication, being able to break things down for people and talk about it simply. Um, cause I started that same way too. I started, um, I think I started, I started group fitness classes. I got group fitness certified right out of high school. Um, so I was like 18 and I knew I wanted to coach in some way, shape or form, thought I wanted to do strength and conditioning. And I was like, that's not for me, but, um, knew I wanted to do coaching and stuff. And I did that. And then I worked into getting my personal training certification. So I was doing in-person stuff since probably 2013. Um and then once I started getting into bodybuilding and stuff in that time too with coaching myself and doing things. And then I just did things for free for people. Um and just helped them out because they were just like, hey, like can you help me? And it was good practice. So I think that's a really big aspect too. But um, I started online coaching fully like 20, 2020, that's when it was. Cause it was 2020 March, right when the pandemic hit and everything shut down in March up here in, in North Dakota. And I was like, this is awesome. I had just quit like my full-time job, just finished like my master's degree. And I was like, everything's fine. It's going to be just fine. And it was, you know, it's sink or swim kind of thing. But, uh, yeah, that was when I went like fully like o- towards online coaching. And then I think with COVID it just helped push that more. So for a lot of people, so yeah, that's kind of my story. So I guess I've been online coaching for two years, coaching in person stuff since like 2013. So quite a while, but always. Learning. I did
2: free stuff too. Um, <laughs> my original model was I carried Beverly international supplements at the house and the deal was I'll do your skin folds. I'll do your diet. I'll get you to the show. You, any supplements we need, you got to buy from me. So, I mean, you know, it wasn't a big rip, you know, a lot of people would leave maybe with 200 bucks of supplements and I'd make, you know, 40% on it, you know? So I sat there for an hour and met with you and I made 120 bucks. Um, but I didn't charge a fee. And then my first time I charged a fee it was $200 for a prep and I prepped a guy for junior nationals and he was peeled. And he's like, man, he's like, I I really don't want to pay more next time. He's like, but everything you did for me and how quickly you respond and stuff. He's like, that's worth way more than 200 bucks. And I'm like, all right. So then I started moving it up. some, but uh, yeah, you got to start somewhere and you got to, you got to, you got to sometimes provide a little value, right? Free, Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, And I, I know that we have a lot of people listening that they're trying to make that transition and they don't understand one, the value of free, but two the value of the in-person connection, because, you know, as human beings, people crave interaction and it's whether, you know, Jason, we see this, we have conferences, right? People love that. They want to get together. They want to be around people. And we've done it at conferences of all different sizes, basically since like 2016, like we've seen that with our clients. And to me, it also goes back to the one-on-one coaching or even just having meetups with your clients. If you're an online coach and you don't do one-on-one, it's good to have like, you know, a meetup every six months or like a big day and training together, like all that kind of stuff. Um, But the the one-on-one interaction with me was crucial at the beginning because it allowed me to connect with someone way better than I could through my laptop, right? So Jason, the same thing was probably true for you on Sundays. Like they probably got that was probably such a good day for them to show up, get their skin folds done, get to talk to you and ask you any questions that they had, get the supplements that they needed. I mean, that, that was a crucial part of them trusting you later down the road. Am I right?
2: Oh yeah, for sure. Um, You know, the in-person does have a a place, you know, I mean that that's, and, and I think we're kind of returning a little bit to that too. You know, I've had a lot more calls and, you know, picking up the phone and doing things for a while there in the industry, it was all a lot of people just doing, you know, uh, online only. Um, but yeah, the, the in person, I think, um, at least for me back then, they uh, they trusted me. Um, they liked to have their appointments, and then they told their uh, their their friends you know it was huge referral just kept rolling so that was kind of nice too you know because they got to to know me a little more and um, I think sometimes when you have that little bit more personal feel if you can uh, clients will they think about you a little more you know and so um, which rightly so so yeah
0: yeah I can definitely attest to the like in-person thing shifting back now after COVID being done because I I actually still do like quite a bit of in-person and we actually just offered, um, more in-person sessions. Like I made my schedule more open because that's what people are asking for. Um, especially with like my, my lifters, uh, my power lifters too. Um, I try to do as much in person with them as possible to go over technique and form. And then they get to meet as like a team and they have that team aspect. And I think that that's really important too, is like coming out of COVID, like everyone felt so alone all the time that this nowadays, like they want to be part of a team and have that, that atmosphere. So I think it just kind of depends too on a lot of your your niche and like how you're doing that. But I, you know, going into that a little bit, a lot of people think like, okay, well I want to coach athletes, but I've done like one show or I've competed one or two times. Like that just doesn't happen. Right. Like, so how, how did you guys go into like getting into like your niche areas and going through that?
2: Well, I mean, Com- competing for me was a big was a big part of this. Um, I had taken time off and um, I got back on stage in 2007 and I looked absolutely awful. I worked with a guy that was local here, just nice guy but did not know how to dial me in and, and really it, it just it never was going to be with the, the macro setups and the way he was doing things. So I laid an egg and then I turned around. And in 2008, uh, it was about six months later, I went and did a Northern Kentucky, which was a way bigger show than that little monster mash was. And I took first and I beat, um, the guy that, that, that beat me in that, that first show. And I did it in six weeks, six months. And everyone starts saying, well, how the hell did you do that? Like, what, what, what did you change? And I was like, well, I started eating more carbs, less fats. That was like the big rage around my area. 50% protein, 20% carb, 30% fat. Well, it was too much protein for me. And it was too much fat for me. Um, so I ran into a guy and John and I talk about him from now, every now and then Tipsta on, uh, muscular development, Mark Rosemini. And he, he prepped me for free and um had me looking the best i ever looked and i learned a lot from him on how you track a client from afar and um that was a huge turning point for me he did that for free um and it helped me understand how to track diets how to build diets and show you know, food in grams and be very precise and you know he was a very precise about about everything um so it, it set the tone for me to get into coaching. And then it, it was mainly, um, competitors, um, at that point, you know, I wasn't doing any of the functional stuff that wasn't really, you know, I'm sure it was around in, in some, some state, but it wasn't around in Cincinnati, Ohio, anything that I knew of. So that was later, you know, when I got into that niche, um, we could cut on that, but for a long while, I mean, my, my coaching was, uh, honestly a lot of preps. And back then people didn't always stay on. They would just hire you for a prep and then they would go on their merry way and you were kind of just a prep coach and you just were always trying to get people. And it wasn't that hard because there weren't as many coaches. Like when I started, I can name like 4 or 5 guys that still stick out to me that were like around. Now it's like, you know, there's you know, there's so many coaches in every different corner that are good. So it just was a little easier then. So that for me that was the it was the competing
1: you know, to me, it's I always tell coaches, and I know, I know Jason, you and I both mentor people. We help people, we help coaches that want to really do what we do. We help them out. And this is something I tell them all the time. It it starts with you and what you're doing. And for me, it was the same way. So I started out doing body for life, and I was a, a fucking fat guy. And I started having results, and I'd throw before and afters up. And I was also chasing bodybuilding because I was getting to the point where I wanted to do that. But like 2007, 2008, I was pretty much body for life. And I was just a fat guy that was getting in better shape, had a little bit of muscle. And when you look around a normal gym and anytime fitness at the time, you have a lot of 30-year-old dads that want to look better. So naturally that was my first clientele base, one-on-one. And then when I started really following bodybuilding on like the muscular development boards, I wasn't far behind Jason. I was prepping for my first shows. And when I started posting my pictures on social that helped, but most of it was a lot of people in the gym. Like they saw that I was prepping and then they were fascinated by it. So then what happens is it starts bringing clients to me. So my point is to the coaches listening out there. It always starts with you. It always starts with what you're currently doing. You can't be you can't be the fat guy coach. Like a football player can have a coach that's overweight and stuff like that's different. But if you're a, a fitness coach, you've got to lead by example and that's always what I did to start and it it that kind of clientele followed me. And it's the same way as you age. You know, my client base now is going to be, you know, 35 to 45 all day long with a few outside of that. But 10 years ago, I had 25 to 35 year olds as the majority and not a lot of old people. And when I'm 55, my client base will be 45 to 55 with some other people outside of that. But it also follows what you do with your physique. So that's kind of where it started for me. And the more I got into bodybuilding, the more it helped me get some bodybuilders, but f- for a long time it was mostly gen pop that just wanted to look good. And I was completely okay with that. Cause that pays the fucking bills. Those people need help, you know? Yep. So that's where it started for me.
2: And you know, a lot of them end up being more loyal than, uh, bodybuilders.
1: Yeah. hundred percent.
0: Yeah. I definitely would say too, like I, me starting out like I started with just lifestyle people you know because I was you know doing my own stuff too and then uh got a few people uh that just want to train in person with me and then I would be like hey you want to do like a diet plan like let's move up to the next step kind of thing and I just kind of worked my way up there and now I've had people that are with me for two years, you know, and I've, you know, just, I'm still fairly new to this too. Um, But I definitely think that that's the biggest part of it is just like slowly stepping into that and leading by example and being the coach that you want to be and walking the walk, so to say. Um, So I think that's, that's really awesome. Um, I know you guys both talked about too, like overlap with like another job and let I had that too with uh, working another full-time job. Like how long did it take you guys to kind of make that shift and like grind for so long to make coaching like sustainable for yourselves?
2: Well, um, it's a, it's a kind of a unique story for me because, you know, I spent all this time in law school and uh, I'm an only child. My parents wanted me to be a lawyer. Um, I became a lawyer. Um, I think they really liked being able to talk about their son, the lawyer, and so, you know, when I started this coaching thing, they're kind of like, what, you're not going to quit law, are you? And I'm like, no, no, I'm gonna do both. Like, I just, you know, I just really enjoy it. And it's probably just vacation money. And then as I got really good at it and started getting more and more clients, you know, I started telling them, I'm like, mom, it's, it's a lot to do this all together. You know, it's, it's, and so I held on probably longer um, than I needed to. I know that like, my, uh, I, I was a general counsel, but it wasn't like I was with GE or something making millions. I was at a small, like $50 million company. I I made a good six figure salary, but it wasn't like anything like crazy. Um, and I think when I finally quit, Scooby prep was doing about 300 K. So for a while I was just double dipping. And I, like I said, I had more than replaced my income probably at year five, but I wanted to see a trajectory like this. I was, I kept always thinking there's going to be this year where it's going to do this. And it never really has. Thank God it's steadily done this. And so once I had enough data points for me to feel comfortable that at least I was going to sustain this certain level, it was time to move on. And for me, that was 2000, it was either end of 2017 or the end of 2018 but i think it was the end of 2017 it was like an october and uh, i don't think it was 2008 so i'm going on um, five years now so like i said i mean i was 30 39 before i got out of law so i did coaching on the side with law for probably 12 years uh well let's see no um about eight about eight years and i like i said i could have probably got out at year five maybe even earlier
0: yeah wow that's crazy
1: Yeah. Yeah. His is definitely a pretty unique story. It's, it's, Yeah, I like listening to it every time because I remember because we've been friends for so long. I remember thinking back, I'm like, shit, man, like he's, he's doing all this. Like how the hell is he still doing all this? and still working, you know, full time. And now Jason, I always remember you said, you know, listen, man, I it's, it's doable. I can still handle it. So fuck for six figures. If he can keep handling it. Great. Um, Mine's mine's a little different. So like I said, when I started coaching people in 2007 um, with one-on-one clients, I started also managing a gym. So I'm in Southwest Missouri. The cost of living here is just insanely low. Like teachers are making $30,000 a year in 2007 to 2010. And that's about what I made to manage a gym. So I started managing a gym and then doing, you know, one-on-one stuff on the side. And in 2010 is when I said I started with online clients and it didn't take me long. So my first four online clients hit the hit the shows in, in July. It was right around this time, July of 2010. One of my girls won. I've told the story before. And the next thing you know, over the next six months, I literally made $60,000. And for me, that was huge. And that's when I just, I'm not really a guy that ever has fear. I just don't. I just, if I know something's going to work, I just have that feeling. And I just have a lot of confidence. I just go with it. And I could just, it's kind of like fat muscle. I knew it was just going to work. So I didn't have any fear to launch some supplements. It was the same way with, with the online coaching. I'm like, shit, I just made 60 grand. I'm taking care of people. They're, they all rehired me. So I'm gonna have them for another six months. I'm like, I got this, I can do this. So, you know, I made that 60K in my first six months. And then next thing you know, it's, you know, it's up to 80. And then it didn't take long to get to six figures just within a handful of years. And when all you're doing is that, it was on a computer. I didn't really have any expenses. Sure, I was traveling to shows and all that stuff, and I wrote that off. But for me here in Southwest Missouri, six figures may may as well just been a fucking million dollars because I was able to save money. I was able to have a, a nice car, live a good lifestyle. Jason, you and I are both penny pinchers. We always feel like we're going to be broke if we don't fucking watch it. So even though we both make over seven figures now, like I still dude, if I have a month, I'm slow on clients now. I'm like, it's all going away. I'm losing it all. But, I know, you know, back then, you know, I I felt good and it, what it allowed me to do was just triple down even more on myself. So that, that was when I transitioned. And I know that's not normal for what most people are seeing today. So it's hard to take our story and apply it today, because like Jason said, we didn't have, you know, the saturation for coaches now is just insane and especially mediocre coach, uh, mediocre coaches. The mediocrity is so bad because everyone wants to do it and not everyone has that DNA to be a coach. So back then, if you were pretty good at what you do, you stood out and people just hired you just left and right. So it it was a really fast track for me, but it's not like that these days. And, and I know we'll, we'll talk about some of that to give people advice as we go, but that's, that's kind of my first you know, three or four years.
0: Yeah, I I definitely can agree with you because even myself, like, just, like, the last, like, two years going fully online, you know, has still been, like, like how you say, like, you have a bad month and you're like, oh, it's going to all go away. Like, I still feel that all the time or I'm still, like, in that, You'll I'm really in that feel right feel now. It.
2: You're yep. <laughs> never going to go away. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I'm just
0: going to get used to this. Sorry to um, be
2: bad news, but it's never okay. going to go away.
0: Because I, I, like, had... I had a full-time job. Um, I was working as a, um, general manager for a meal prep company here and the meal prep company was great. Like loved doing it, but I just was like, I can't just sit and work at a desk all day. Like I kept no matter what I did all through like masters, like my, my master's degree, um, going through school and everything, I still kept coming back to doing some sort of coaching, like no matter what, because I was like, kind of like, ah, I don't think that's going to work out. Like, it's just a side thing. You know, I'm just kind of doing it for fun. But I just kept coming back to it. And soon enough, I was kind of like, you know, like, I could probably like make this thing like a real thing and do this full time because I just love it. And so I d- finally decided that I was like, okay, I put in my like, notice that I was going to, like leave and luckily I had the great situation where they were like, okay, well you can do like part-time hours and stuff. So then I started getting more clients at the gym and doing in-person stuff, getting a few online um at that point. And then by February 2020, I was like, hey, this is gonna be like my last day and stuff. And I was like ready to go. And then February 28th came and I was done. March came and then it was like, Oh, the gyms are shutting down. (laughs) So it was literally like I got thrown in the pond um, and just had to learn how to swim and we made it work and stuff, but uh, I'm still in last year, 2021 was really awesome. I mean, I hit six figures for my first year, not, not income for sure. But you know, I think that first year or three is learning a lot about overhead and expenses and just, getting everything under control. So I'm in that process right now.
1: Totally, totally. You brought in six figures.
0: Yeah. I brought in over just over 150 Yeah, revenue. Listen,
1: listen, I, I don't, I don't give a share about bottom line because that, that part is an online coach. Like no one needs to know those numbers in my opinion, unless you're selling a company, no one needs to know your net income, but that's legit. I mean that once you hit six figures, that's something that, I think 90% of online coaches are just this day and age are just never, ever going to hit. So first of all, congratulations to you on doing it sort such short amount of time in an industry that's just super oversaturated. Like that's, that's legit.
0: Thank you. Thank you. It definitely like, it's a grind now because of all that saturation stuff with coaching. But um, so I guess, into that like being a standout in front of all these coaches you know there's you know everyone has their specific niche everyone has their way of doing things but like how would you guys say like would be a good way to make yourself stand out over somebody else who offers contest prep coaching or anything you know
1: this is something i I have to talk to people about all the time i i can start with this um jason i'll be kind of curious to see see what you say on this but like we said, there's so many people out there. So how do you stand out? And people are trying to stand out using the number one thing. I think that people need to stop trying to focus on so much because I think people, what people, when it really comes down to it, people think that this is the answer and it's because of guys like Gary V and, and listen, I like Gary V. He's, my book is named after one of his books. There's a picture of me and him in the front of Ascadite Coach because he inspired me. But people think that trying to put everything through on social media and the phone and trying to reach people's attention that way is the number one way to stand out and grow your business. And I'm telling you, that's what everyone's trying to fucking do. If you open up Instagram right now, I shut mine down for like six months. I opened it up and now everybody's doing fucking reels. And I don't have a problem with anything that anyone wants to do, like do whatever works well for you. But my point is everyone is trying to do that. And people are thinking, okay, I have to do this to go my grow my coaching base. And what they're not doing is they're not spending all that time tripling down on their clients and taking extra good care of their clients. Because like Jason said earlier, word of mouth is what grows a business. And I tell people that all the time, if you go above and beyond for your five or 10 clients that you have right now, you treat them so fucking good. Have phone calls with them. I don't give a sh- Zoom calls. Do whatever you have to do to take care of them, get the results. They're going to tell your friends and that's how you scale. If you're going to spend six hours a day on your phone trying to build the perfect Instagram reel and dance and do all this shit while you're, you know what I mean, to try and stand out, that's not going to grow your business. You have to start with your client base that you have and you have to take super good care of them. Word of mouth is the only way, in my opinion, to scale something. Few people, I think, get lucky with social media and they build something and it catches fire, but you're talking about one and, you know, you're talking about less than 1% in my opinion. Everyone wants to appear like they're successful on social, but to truly be a successful coach, you do it through your clients that you have right now. And I'm telling you, nine out of 10 people are going to ignore everything I just fucking said, and they're going to go try and put all their work into social media when all their work should go into their clients, use social media to showcase your clients. Jason, I see post people all the time. You share them to their stories. People will post you that, Hey, having a great off season. Here's my, here's my before and after two years ago. And now, and we'll post people that step on stage, you know, I'll post people, Hey, shout out to Yan. He just got second place in his show, you know, improved over the last use it to showcase and storytell. But if you're trying to like build your business just based on that, and you're not tripling down your clients, you're wasting your time. That's that's my biggest point to everybody. And a lot of people just don't listen. I mean, I, I'm open to hear what you guys think about that. But that to me just seems to be accurate the last few years.
2: I mean, you know, it's 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 tough to like, if we're just talking about setting yourself apart from like Instagram, that shit's tough. Like, I don't know that I have the answer to that if you're trying to set yourself apart from other coaches though, uh, overall, I mean, for me, results come first. Um, you know, you can sit on Instagram and say, you can help someone get their period back or help PCOS. But if you don't deliver and finally have some clients, you can show that you actually did what you say you can do. Um, it's not gonna, it's not gonna work. So you gotta have the results first and then show it. That's all I use my social media for basically. Like you said, John, like, You know it's not controversial i don't have a shit ton on there about my personal life i'm not you know a lot of people love that i probably should do it i just don't want to pull a fucking phone out when i'm at dinner you know i I don't i that's not i never lived that way i was i was born way before cell phones i was 25 till i had one um i really despise a phone to be honest with you so uh for me uh, now i'm I'm getting off track but basically yeah it's results from for me as how you set yourself apart um, I have seen coaches though build coaching businesses from being controversial online, calling people out, doing yeah. this, doing that. It works sometimes, you know, but uh, it's not me. That's not me for sure. Like do whatever the fuck you want. As long as you're not peeing on my freedom, I don't give a shit. I ain't calling you out on it. You know, I just stayed in my own, my own wheelhouse. So,
1: yeah. And you know what coaches that do that, they also, have people gravitate towards them that like drama so now you're gonna have a whole client base full of people that like drama drama. and just the cancer and i just i'm like you i've just kind of always stayed away from that but jason let me ask you a question right now if you completely shut social media down and you just had to rely on word of mouth and the clients that you have now how confident are you that you would stay in the six-figure range for the rest of your career coaching
2: um about 99 percent confident i would I think it would hurt potentially my coaches on my team.
1: And, and why is that?
2: Because they don't have as long of uh, time cranking out clients. I mean, think about it. in 15 years, I haven't counted it, but man, I bet I've touched 2000, 3000 people's lives. And that's right. someone that can, and I bet 97% of them are happy. And so that's a lot of people that will talk about you at the party, at the neighborhood cookout, at the gym, at the grocery store, I just have more of that in the bank. So I think I could get away with it. I think it would be tougher for them because some of them only have a year in, you know, they gotta be, they gotta be visual. They gotta be visible. So that that's my opinion on it.
1: So if someone with say one of your coaches is, is a complete doppelganger of you, they're a twin of you, they have your DNA, your drive, your hunger to get better. And they are you 10 years ago and they tripled down and all they had was their current clients. Do you feel like you 10 years ago could have scaled that without trying to worry about growing social media? You just take care of your clients. That's kind of the point that I'm getting to is you would get such good results for your clients that word of mouth would continue to scale your company. I know social media was definitely part of helping us grow Facebook back yeah. in the day. Yeah. But my point is like you, you scaled because of word of mouth, correct?
2: Sure. 100%. Yeah. 100%. You know, cause I, Instagram came around about 2000, maybe 11 or 12. I didn't even get on until 2013. Like I loved Facebook. I didn't want to get on another platform. Yeah. <laughs> I was too. really kind of late to the game. Um, but you know, I kept having like people that I had worked with like, dude, you're missing the boat over here on this. You're missing the boat. You need this. I'm like, Fuck. All right. I'm going to learn this shit. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I think um, it's always about the word of mouth and, and the results driven first and, you know, I posted a few people on message boards, but really, I didn't really have a huge platform to post people. So a lot of it was word of mouth for the first year, for sure.
1: Yeah. And and you'll see, you know, I can go back to 2016 when I met Gary Vee for the first time. We helped his book launch, Ask Gary V, And he was promoting everybody should drop what they're doing and start Snapchat right now. Well, how many people are coaching successfully on Snapchat now? They're not. And now he's saying the same thing. Everybody should have a TikTok everybody is trying to bypass the actual work of getting good at being a coach and getting people results. that's the point I'm trying to make. Quit worrying about the next fucking thing and worry about getting better and getting your clients results. They're going to fucking build the company for you like that but people don't want to hear it, man. Like I'm going to get off my soapbox now because social, maybe I'm old and cranky and cantankerous <laughs> and I burn out. And I've got, this is red ass Gorman. We have red ass Jason. <laughs> if we start talking about labs, but this is red ass Gorman. Cause I'm tired of, of social, but I'm, I'm tired of people like not listening when they ask for help, you know, like that's if they would just follow the instructions. So I hope this kind of drives that point home for some people.
0: Yeah. I definitely think that like, as you guys said like there's always going to be social media that comes and goes and as social media is like an important aspect of getting yourself out there establishing authority showing your results showing your personality because i think that's a really big part too of like why people choose you because you can still give them the same results, but people do it in how many different ways, you know, there's all kinds of different pathways to getting on stage or getting on a platform or just losing some weight. You know, there's all kinds of different ways to do it, but it's just how you, how that person just connects with the coach and like what they want out of it too. Um, but I overall agree that results is going to be the biggest thing for sure. Cause that's what people want to see and they don't want to, they want to have something good to talk about. So yeah definitely agree with that one. Um, with, with that too, like before someone goes like on full time on to coaching, like what should they have in place as far as like a number of clients or like a, a revenue range, um, like SOPs, uh, like scaling, you know, before they decide to go full time with coaching, just so that they're not, they don't just completely drop off face of the planet.
2: I mean, I can list a few, I mean, um, In order to scale, you're going to have to have a process. Um, My process involves my feed for function app that that I'm co-owner in. Um, And it allows me to manage uh, a a good large client load, keep it organized and not be at my computer for 18 hours a day. So you need to have a good process for how you're going to track, how you're going to respond, how you're going to keep your information in a place where you can find it. And when I first started coaching, when I had 10 people, it was fine. Once you get to 30 and all you're doing is emails, then they don't respond to the same email. Then you're trying to search it. And for some fucking reason, they're not always in your fucking search button in Google. And sometimes you delete something. And it's not in there either, which pisses me off, but that's another issue. Um, and so, you know, you've got all this shit going on and, and, um, I just think that uh, you know, with the it, people, just it just gets kind of murky and lost, uh, you know, and, and blurred. So,
1: yeah, I, I like to tell people, I think the best thing that you can do, and this is with any business, really, if you want to learn how to open up a restaurant, manage a restaurant, go work for somebody, and go work for a restaurant, and learn everything you can, basically get a mentor, right? So it's the same thing with with online coaching. Find somebody that does exactly what you want to do. Hire them as a coach. Learn their processes and, and be up front and tell them. I have people that tell me all the time, "Hey, I, you know, Tony Ananoff's coaching people. Um, he's got a, his business is exploding. He sends me questions all the time, but he's also hired me. I've I've done his diets before, and he's learned." how the actual process of online coaching has worked um, through me for the last few years. And he's a, he's a great example. So I think people should do that. Invest the time. That's money invested. That's, that's going to teach you the processes. And that doesn't mean take everything that they send you and their, their documents and save them and put your name on them. I mean, I don't give a shit if somebody does that. I don't really care. It doesn't matter. But you learn the processes and you can tweak those and make them better. Like I've learned all kinds of different processes working with other coaches and I tweaked them to, I thought things were a little bit better. My check-ins are on Mondays and Thursdays and I've been doing that for a decade now. And it's really saved up time for me. And my clients like it better than five days a week, like I used to do. So my point is find somebody that's doing what you're doing successfully for a long time, hire them, and maybe there's a mentorship program. I mean, Jason, I know you've from time to time, you don't always have them, but you've got openings. So if people want to hit you up for mentorship, they can, right? I don't do that because I've got other things going on, but you know, hiring a coach or doing a mentorship program to me is a good way to start. That's, that's what I think people should have. And then you kind of just go from there. Yeah.
2: As far as money and revenue, that's going to depend on your lifestyle and what you, what you need, you know? I mean, like, I've seen people, uh, you know, growing up whose parents probably don't make 60K, but they can fix every house they're in. And, and and before you know it, they're in a $500,000 house. So, you know, it doesn't really always matter with money, right? But it, it, you need to be able to pay your bills and um, you should be able to save a little bit. So whatever that does for you, um, that, you know, that's where you should be on money. And like I said, I, I think you should at least have some trends going up. Don't I wouldn't quit my day job after one uh, one good year, but that 's me i 'm very cautious um, so that 's where I think you know the, how the money conversation goes um, that you have processes in place like we talked about John talked about getting a mentorship or a coach I think that 's a good idea too, um, because you just see what they 're doing and how they 're doing it, and maybe there 's things you don 't like everything that they do, and so then you can put in place um, you know your way of doing it. Um, but organization as a coach, if you want to scale is huge. It, after 30, it gets dicier and dicier and you better have some organization in place. You can use Google Drives for all I care. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, share, share Google Drive, but just have some process um, going for you on how you track clients.
1: 100% agree. Say, same thing with money. It just depends. I, I'm a little more risky because I just, I just have the, you know, this innate ability to know if I'm going to be good. Um, and I know that I'm, I'm, you know, worst case scenario, I always right now, what's going to happen? Like, am I going to lose a clothes off my back of my house? No, I'm not. So I'm not going to take that kind of a risk, but you know, I, I think people should have six months worth of savings in their bank account. I think minimum. And I know most people don't because a lot of people live paycheck to paycheck and they're really quick these days to rush to, well, fuck it. I want to start now. So just know the risk. But you know, if you can say six months worth of income, I, to live off of in case something bad did happen. Because I mean, look at, look at COVID COVID was good for a lot of us. We grew, but I know a lot of people that didn't oh, and yeah. they shut yeah. down. So, I mean, it, it, you never know when some weird shit like that's going to happen. So I think six months minimum is probably good financial advice.
2: Yep. Mm-hmm.
0: 100%. Yep. Yep. I agree with that. I, I can definitely say like to like I've, I've done Jason's mentorship program. Jason's my coach i've learned so much from jason just myself and stuff and then just reading on my own doing my own research learning from other people taking other classes like always be a student too like no matter what you do like you can always learn something like you know as long as you keep going um i think as soon as you start to think like okay i think i'm good that's when you start like going downhill is when you're not open to learning new things um and then even with your processes too like I started with just like word documents and like Excel. Um, And now I do use Google drive with all of my clients. Um, I just have like a check-in form that I do with them and it keeps it pretty simple. I do the two days a week, like you do, John. Um, And that just keeps everything more organized, but I'm super type A. So like the organization part is not an issue for me. It's just more so like I overthink things a little bit. So uh, that's where I get stuck
2: I think you have to have some type A to be a good coach. Um, otherwise, you'll have these coaches, you know, I to see these coaches that do everything by text. Oh, my God, that would drive me nuts. No, dude. Um, you know, and they're always kind of, ner- they're always kind of uh, stressed out more than, than we're stressed out. And it's just like, yeah, man, that's not the way to do it. <laughs> so for those out there listening, if you have five clients and you're running it by text, that's fine. Try that with 100. Try that with 200. It doesn't work. You're going to literally be working at their hours instead of setting your own. So.
0: I think setting boundaries is going to be like a really big part of that too. Um, Setting boundaries of like when you're going to answer messages um, or not have your phone on and stuff like that. And they need to respect that because otherwise like you will drive yourself crazy. Just like being working all the time and you know I've I've been there too um I'm still going through that like I think that's always just a part of owning your own business and being a coach full-time is that you're kind of always on the clock no matter what because like you know if if you have clients that are competing for their pro card this weekend like you can't just be like oh well I'm out of town this weekend sorry guys like you gotta answer it like I have a client that's getting ready for her first show and like I'm gonna be gone next week and I'd still i'm like yeah i still want to hear from you like i want to do your check-in no matter what so yeah i think that's always
2: when you run your own job business that's gonna be the case like it's it's cool working for yourself but do realize your weekends i'm never shut off completely i usually get up on saturdays and have to do an hour or two of work uh sunday usually sunday eat sunday i try to not do it i get up and maybe go to brunch with if, if, if we have maddox or something but you know i have to get it back on on Sunday night usually and cover it because if I don't, then those are just gonna be sitting there on top of the Monday morning check-ins. So yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I, if you're your own, if you're an entrepreneur, you run your own business, there's just no, t- there's just not that where you, you clock out on Friday and you can just completely say fuck all it just doesn't, it doesn't happen.
1: No, mm-hmm. And it, it, I like this setting the habits early because you know, Jacob who runs fat muscle, um, I own it, but he, he pretty much managed it. We have a saying here that I came up with is, can we do it at scale? And so we'll come up with ideas and cool different little things to do, like some pre-sales here and there. And we had to really kind of run that stuff through and think, okay, we, can we do it now if we're making say a mill now, can we still do it this way or is it scalable? So if we get to 10 million, are we gonna have to not do it this way? Or are we not gonna be able to, is it scalable? And that goes back to the things like texting. Sure, if you wanna text your first five or 10 clients, you're setting up the habit to where, I, Jason, you said, good luck at hundred, fuck man. Like I wouldn't wanna do that with 15 people because like you said, <laughs> yeah. they're just gonna blow you up nonstop. And the other, the nice insight that I've learned over the years is when you give people a check-in day in a certain time, the people that follow that, those clients are also, you're gonna notice they get their best results. They're not scattered, they're not fucking rushing around all over the place, stressed out. And when you got people that are, if they're going to check in on a Monday and Thursday and you got them checking in on Saturday and Sunday and Wednesday, and they're all over the place and you're constantly asking them, Hey, why aren't you sending these on the days I'm working? You're also going to find those are the people that aren't following their plan to a T. So it's, it's a nice insight too. When you give them some structure, it it teaches them to, Hey, follow everything to a T. And that's just, when you run a business and you have a hundred clients or 50 clients, you have to have that kind of a structure. If not, you're going to be a mess. You're going to be working 16 hours a day, 5 6 days a week with the same amount of clients that you could be working 2 days with if you give them that structure, but you have to set it from the beginning.
0: I think that's a really really good point because like anyone can like grind it out and like hit a super high month or something and with revenue and everything, but at, at what cost, you know, to your sanity, to your relationships and things like that. So I think scaling is like the biggest part of it and the most important, probably. I,
1: I can give a really good example. Well, you know what, Jason, I can use you and I as, as an example. I know someone in our industry that just coaches people full time, has the same amount of clients that I do. Jason, I don't know where you're at, but I know you've got a little bit more than I do, but full time and I can't even get through to him with an email. It takes him four or five days to answer. He's got the same amount of clients I do, and it's these type of people that ask me, "Well, how do you have a supplement company? How do you write a book? How do you go speak? How do you do a podcast? How do you have a full client? How do you do all that?" It's because you stay super organized, and it's and what I found out is the coaches that they're all they're doing is coaching, and they have say hundred clients. And they're so unorganized all over because they don't have those systems in place and their clients are blowing them up fucking 16 hours a day. And, you know, one of my friends actually told, Hey, do the Monday, Thursday thing. He didn't. And he still, it takes me four or five days to hear from them. Like if my client texts me, they're going to fucking hear from me today. You know what I mean? So it's like one of those things you've got to really, you've got to have those systems in place. I'll, I'll, I'll stop for now, but you guys see my point of how it can get out of control if you're not careful.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I feel like we could go on forever about just talking about the business of coaching. Um, but we'll keep it, we'll keep it simple for everybody. Um, but I think, you know, unless you guys have any question, any other questions for each other or the rest of us, um, we can wrap up just like your best advice for someone who is looking to want to go full-time coaching.
1: I, I can give one real quick. Um, because I think I've pretty much hit on everything I can think of. But one thing that I learned in the gym industry that I can pass on that will will apply to coaching. We learned really quick when you're growing a gym, because I used to own two gyms for people that don't know, and I managed them for years. You learn real quick that it's a lot better to keep a client or keep a customer or keep a gym member than it is to try and go out and find a new one. So remember this, when you have your, your coaching client base, take such good, such good care of your clients that there's, you should have many that are with you for, you know, a couple years, maybe more, maybe five, six years. Jason, I know we both have people that have been with us a long time to the yeah. point. It's like, I don't have anything fucking new to show you. Like, I
2: mean, I've got people with me still on a hundred bucks a month and they're just like, I ain't leaving. <laughs> right. Right.
1: But my my point is it's a lot, it's a lot better to try and keep clients as you're growing your business keep those renews going every single year. And then you can also add new clients. So keep that in mind, take such good care of your clients that they want to renew with you. And then you still get the word of mouth to grow your business. So now instead of having 15 clients, losing five and having to replace those five, maybe you lose one and you add five more clients and that gets you to 19 instead of 15. So it's just cheaper. It's cheaper to do it that way. It's it's always better to keep a client than to replace them. That's the point I'm trying to make.
2: Mm-hmm. yeah i i mean i guess you know we we have given a lot of tidbits here for advice, but leadership is important uh you got to remember you're you're a leader you're a coach you're a, i mean what, what was your you know did you grow up playing sports your coach is pretty much the the leader of the team um so you need to ask yourself are you someone that you would take direction and follow and if you're not then 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 figure out why and what you're missing, and what you need to do, and uh, get that developed. Because if you don't, I really think you're going to struggle. People just aren't going to follow. And you don't need a huge social media following to have um, a six-figure business. You just have to have a lot of people that trust you, and they want to interact with you, and they see you as someone that is a leader. So, we've given you a lot of different, you know, pieces of advice, but I think that one is, is important. And then finally, like education, like if you get a client and they have hypotonic mentoring and you don't know how to do it, you better be asking me for my class or talking to someone who will mentor you. Like those are things that you got to figure out and you know, you've got to put the time in and the education in um, because if all you want to do is fight for bodybuilding clients, it's going to be a rough role for you, unless you get lucky with a real stud and then it starts taking off and everyone wants to be with you. But, uh, so you got to broaden your, your, uh, your knowledge because the gin pops, the, the women that compete here and there, that's where all the, I don't want to say disease, but where the dysfunction is. Um, it's not in your male bodybuilder. Um, so
1: you know i i want to piggyback off something that i think you, you you brought up such a good point that i want to pass something on to our listeners a lot of people that are starting out and they're trying to grow their business um they need to remember something and my mentor Monty pierce told me this back when i was gave my very first seminar at the gym in 2007 i had like eight people show up i was a little nervous and he looked at me and he said hey you need to remember something you're the expert they don't know how long you've been doing this you've lost like 40 pounds they don't know hardly anything. You're the expert. So remember that the way they look at you is they hold you way up here. And I think a lot of people need to understand that whenever you're first getting clients, you've got to remember you're the expert. If you're living this lifestyle, you're the expert. And that goes into leadership. So then you need to kind of hold yourself up there as a leader. And that, that teaches you to also remember, hey, don't be nervous. No one's me and Jason aren't judging you as 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 coaches. Whether you're knowledgeable or not, your clients think that you know exactly what it is because that's why they hired you. So you need to remember that. Just remember, you're the expert, and your clients need need your expertise. And you've got what you need. And if you don't, go take some classes. But I think that helps people kind of relax a little bit because they have that that fear of of not knowing enough. When they, if you've got clients, you've got an expertise. You've just got to remember that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a really good point to end on for sure. Cause I, you know, with the leadership aspect, you know, and being an athlete too, I can, I always apply it all that to coaching and business too. It's just like, step out of your comfort zone. Like, you know, we're all kind of like afraid to go up and talk to somebody, especially, or if they look like they're struggling, you know, at the gym, just walk up and just be friendly to somebody, you know, sometimes just that and just helping out someone, just giving them a tip, not even being like, Hey, I'm a coach, like kind of thing. They'll come back to you and ask for help later on and stuff. And just helping people out in that aspect and like free, free help. Basically, you know, it's not taking anything away. It's just showing that you, you really care and you really value your clients. I think that's a really big part of it for sure.
1: 100%. So this is a fun episode. Are you ready to go get married? You ready to have some time off?
0: Yes. I'm ready to go soak up some sun in Malibu. That's for sure.
1: All righty. Well, Kayla, once again, you're doing a great job. We appreciate everything. Um, Can you let our listeners know what we have coming up? Because I know we've got the Q&A that Jason and I are probably going to do. What do we have? What else have we got?
0: Uh, Coming up here, we have uh, the Q&A, and then we're going to talk about Jason and John's experiences with keto coming up since they're both john will be finishing and jason's about halfway through um so we're gonna go through that and i've never done it so i have lots of fun questions about that and just learn about it um we have i've been reaching out to guests so we have one lined up for sure i'm not gonna say who it is but it's i'm really excited for it um i'm fangirling a little bit to be honest um but that one's gonna be fun that'll be in august sometime and then just going to keep getting on some more people. So if you guys have suggestions of anybody you would like us to see on or topics or anything, just sh- shoot me a message, um, on Instagram. That's probably the easiest way to message me. Um, always open to ideas or things that you guys want to hear about. Cause we just want to know that you guys are liking it. So,
1: so because we have some weeks left on keto, does that mean Jason, you, you agreed that the longer we string this out, the longer you're going to stay on keto, right? Are we going to find your,
2: break? I'm, I already broke off keto. I did too,
1: (laughs) but I did it for quite a while. I know you did too. You got it probably like one month in.
2: I did like two and a half weeks. I didn't do it that much, but the thing was, my skin was breaking out from it, Um, and uh, I just didn't like that aspect of it. And so I just went back to lower fat intake. So
1: yeah, well that's okay because we're gonna we're gonna talk about the good, the bad, the short, the long all kinds of different ways because there's places for a short real quick short run and there's places. Yeah. I mean, my insulin,
2: you know, my insulin sensitivity feels better. I got more hunger now. Um, my, my blood glucose was under uh 90 and so that was good. So yeah, I mean, I got out of it what I feel like I needed.
1: Yeah. We're going to do a complete deep dive on that. So Caleb, if we're done, you can shut us down.
0: All right. I think that's everything. So we hope you guys enjoyed this episode, please give us feedback. Um, review, um, would be awesome. Uh, and share it, tag us, uh, in your, in your stories and stuff like that. And we will see you guys. Well, I won't see you guys next week. I'll see you guys in two weeks, but all right, we're out.
1: See ya.